Welcome back, Texas Podcast and Blast, and here we are in our final recording for season one. I want to thank everybody. Man, if you take the time to listen to this podcast, uh, this is what we do it for. We want people to hear from folks that are really good at what they do in the outdoors. I hope you've appreciated the variety of everybody this uh, first season. We've got some other folks that were ready to come in, but you know we all live lives, and this is extra in, from everything else we do, so... Uh, we got some pit masters and executive chefs on the eating side that it just didn't work out for season one, but they're committed to coming in season two. We got a buddy coming back from Mozambique, Africa, to tell us about his recent hunt, which has just been spectacular. And once again, when you hear us begin in the fall, don't think fishing stops in the summer because one of our guys, he's not like us. He doesn't go chase ducks, so he's going to stay on the water the entire fall and winter. And so we'll hear some of that as the north wind starts to blow and the, the welcome temperature starts to drop. We're going to be hearing more of what's going on because uh, October just may be one of the coolest months of the year to fish. But here we are in the final season. Uh, I'm finishing out with the two guys that helped me start this thing off season one, Captain Glenn Ging and Captain Bink Grimes. And, you know, if you've been anywhere around the Middle Coast and even south of us, you realize that fishing has not been a normal summer for 2021. If we thought that coming out of the pandemic was going to be our biggest obstacle. Man, if you've been on the water, you realize nothing seems to be where it should at this time. And so this last podcast, we're just going to dig into what these guys are seeing on the water, what we've seen. I'll tell you this, we still have a great hope. The only greater hope we have is that there is an eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. But other than that, August has to bring some good surf to us. But let's jump right in there. Uh, Glenn, what have you really been noticing on these last trips you've been on the water a good bit well here here just real recently it's been it's been a challenge it's been pretty tough we kind of went through we had we had a period of time there a couple weeks back where uh, it got real real good uh, we saw some bird action and uh, some of those and surprisingly to me I think one of the big standout things was just how many schools of fish we were seeing in East Matagorda Bay um, good schools good you know you when when the birds were working a little bit the schools of fish were solid give it on calendar when was that just kind of uh, probably well when was our when was all that rain man it's been since may 1st <laughs> i mean which, no, which no, rain in between, we had a whole bunch and then we had kind of a little dry spell right there before there. july 4th so yep. that's about yep, right so that was about before all that rain into june yeah that last week of june so that was about that was when it took place because the rain the the, the runoff from the rain from this latest rain is kind of what shut all that down but we had we probably had two weeks there that were fabulous and caught lots and lots of good solid trout and um it was it was really really good. Would you call it typical pattern that was no. setting in? Uh uh-uh. uh. We don't. So you were catching we fish, work, but we don't normally work the birds in July. That's what I was about to no, point out. We don't normally work the birds in July, and and uh, and it was 
it was really, really good. A few redfish mixed in, um, you know, and, and just solid fishing. And then, and then we got, you know, about another 20 inches of rain and everything kind of changed. And it's been, there's been, we've had some, some decent days, but we've had a lot of challenging days too. Um, kind of shuffled the deck, put a bunch of redfish out in the middle of the bay. And we've kind of been here lately. This has kind of been one of our main targets. When you can get out there, when, when, yeah. Yeah, when the winds let you. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And what about West Bay? You know, we other than it being a parking lot. Had a, yeah, it's been it's been busy and uh, had a pretty good run uh, in West Bay there for for a while. It kind of petered out on us for the drifting, but um, and I haven't been running a bunch of weight trips, and but the the reports I'm getting from waiters here just in the last week have been pretty positive. Mm-hmm. There've been sounds like a pretty good pretty good top water bite yeah um, charlie p and a couple of them have, have, have been, been putting out some decent catches mm-hmm. by getting in the water yeah kendall kirsch caught them good a couple of days ago down there waiting mm-hmm. uh, there's been there's been a number of good reports down there there you go well being you didn't probably well i know you ain't fished as much as glenn's been on the water but you've been on the water what do you what have you seen oh uh, anything in addition to what i mean i know you and glenn partner a lot but July hasn't really been July until now. Uh, Southwest winds are, is kind of indicative of July, and uh, they're just now starting to blow, and that's what makes it a little tough. Uh, we still July tides are still higher than normal. Normally, uh, July is the lowest tides of the year, other than you know January and February those winter tides, mm-hmm. and, uh, and man, they've been high and and. And that bite down in West Bay, we, we normally in July, uh, that wading down there is, you know, it falls off in July and it it's remained consistent. And I think the reason why is because our water levels have been, mm-hmm. uh, have been higher than normal. Those fish have stayed up on top of those grass beds. And, uh, so that's what we're seeing, um, uh, you know that that's what we're seeing. June is is typical is is really good because you've got incoming tides in the morning. July have uh, is a lot more challenging because typically July tides are are weaker. Don't know mm-hmm. why, but it's just one of those things. And uh, you that's why we we want the surf to be so flat during July because not saying you can't catch them in a bay. It's just a challenge, man. It's it's a challenge in July, and uh, you. Uh, you, you just roll with it every day you go because it can change and it does change every day. Case in point, you know, yesterday, Glenn and I, we're drifting right beside each other and it's tough. Uh, it's tough. It, it was real tough. Mm-hmm. And he had an afternooner. Man, I did not, I did not envy him having to run a double. <laughs> and he went out and, and fished the same stuff we fished that morning. Exact same stuff. And they decided to bite. That's it. That morning, you know, we had weak tides. We had a southwest wind. It was just set up to be, it was a tough, tough situation. You know, the, the tide was barely moving. Um, water clarity was, it was sandy. We get out there in the same spot where we've been catching them, you know, every morning for several days. And I made two drifts through there and we did not catch a fish, mm. nothing. And, and then struggled. Uh, we fished a lot of good stuff. And covered a lot of ground. I went from one end to the other of the bay, and uh, it was it was tough yesterday morning. And then turned around and went back to the to the where to the second spot that I went to, 
in the morning and the very first cast caught a keeper red and we caught fish the entire drift just for really for about two and a half hours straight we caught fish yesterday so so let me ask you you just you just pointed something out that y'all had fished it in the morning y'all fully expected the fish to be there and just because they're not biting doesn't mean they're not there i'm a big we we know know that and and so when you when you run a morning and it struggles you try all your techniques you throw you throw everything you got at them and it just doesn't pan out what was it that you said that, that made you say hey I'm going right back to where we struggled this morning, not just knowing the fish were there. What else What else goes in that decision process? For me, it's it's just the confidence in knowing they're there. I'm, I'm going to go put you on places where there's fish, where I know mm-hmm. there's fish. And, and really, my outlook is you just stay over fish. Try to stay over fish all day, and when they decide to eat, you're going to catch them. That's mm-hmm. just how it works. So, you know, if you – the times that you're, if you just run around all over the place, you know, you're definitely not going to catch them when you're driving the boat. Right. And and all you're going to do is just, chances are when they do turn on, you're going to be moving from one spot to the other and you're going to miss out. So get somewhere where you know they're there and that you got confidence in and you just, you just grind on it until they decide to eat. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just what, what you do. Sure. And so with July, with the changes that y'all have mentioned uh, that you're seeing this year, do y'all think that the afternoon may end up being a little more productive than the morning trip? I mean, everybody thinks, you know, you got to be at the dock first thing in the morning, but I know plenty of guys and y'all have talked about this. There's certain times that y'all just know, Hey, let's, let's That's leave right. at three o'clock. I mean, the, the bike changes. It's all about the mood. I think I agree. Uh, we're, we're on the backside of the, uh, I think we're on, we're coming up, on, up a, on, full. on a full. So it's the backside of the new moon, which doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but it's, it's kind of like the, the backside of a full moon. Your 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 best tides are are around a new moon, and new moon is when it's black when you can't really see it. The moon, and then the full moon. Of course, y'all know what that looks like. But that's that's there's just certain certain periods that you're behind the eight ball in a month. Uh, not saying you can't catch them. It's just a little bit tougher, and that's when you rely on 25 years of experience. That's when you rely on patience and like Glenn said, you can't catch them if you're driving around in a boat, you know, and not saying that we just sit there and don't go, but we're hitting five, six, seven spots. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, they're, they're going to bite. They're going to bite. Slicks are popping. They're not eating yet, but we know they're there. We know they're there. It's not guide speak. Some people think, ah, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, they're here. They're just not eating. And, uh, we've just seen it so many times and, and, well, and, it's just confidence. And you just pointed out probably one of the, the biggest mistakes that anglers make is if they're if you're confident in an area and you see all the signs, you know the fish are there. I think I know I've been guilty of it. A lot of guys just leave too soon. If you, if you you know if you're going to make the, the 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 commitment to hit an area, you get there, you like it. Why would you pull up shop and and just Absolutely. you know just keep grinding I, it? I see it all all the time when we're out there drifting, and I had it happen the other day. We we're making a long drift, and I have a guy run his boat right in front of me, shut down, you know, a hundred yards in front of me. They they probably cast six times, five times, crank up and run out of there, and and he he sat down literally in the fish. He he shut his boat down, 
in the fish. I wish those guys would just stay in the intercoastal and run <laughs> up and down the ditch. If you want to run your boat, run it and just run it up and down the ditch. Don't even think. Don't even come out in the bay. You know, but when you when you when you pick a spot and stop, you know, commit some time to it. You you can't. You're not gonna find. You you're not gonna find out what's there in six casts. You know, I mean, maybe on the very best days you, you'll know that fast, but I mean, you, you know, spend some time, commit to it, and, and try to especially give it an on honest effort. Especially on drifts where you're committing to an area. You're not you're not committing. It's not like you're fishing one drain in the back of a marsh that's, right. that's ten yards wide, and you know, all right, you know, if we fish this for fifteen minutes and they don't hit, they're not here. Move to the next drain. Um, so what else are y'all looking at, you know, going in, you know, it's been tough. Uh, you're, you're, you're working through it. You're seeing it daily. Do you just continue to, to trust your instincts and your research knowing where the fish are and you just keep returning to those grounds and wait for the bite to, to, to improve? Or, I mean, how do you finish out this month until the surfer lets us get out there? Cause well, that seems to be the next, the next move. Yeah, we're watching closely for that and then uh, <laughs> and, and also keeping an eye on on what the where where the fresh water's at and what you know the weak tides don't help with flushing that out but you know as the as the fresh water um kind of you know dissipates then mm-hmm. it'll open up some more opportunities for us and there's you know there's some places that i'd like to be fishing this time of year deep water structure that um you know we hadn't been able to fish because it's it's covering fresh water right now so just kind of keeping an eye on that on that stuff as well. And every now and then you go run down, check it out, and see if it's ready. Or somebody will somebody will just you know have to go, and they'll run down and go check it out and see if it's ready. And we just kind of keep an eye on it, and hopefully that'll be the next thing. We'll, it'll be some fresh territory that we can go hit that we haven't been on. Well, you just mentioned something different than in June. We had a lot of fresh water, but going back in June, you were pointing out how we were getting the strong incoming tides from the Gulf, and you right. you you noticed how it just displaced all that fresh water and yes. got our salinity back. But here we are with weaker tides. That's right. And so not only do we have the high volumes of fresh water running into our bays, nature is not shaking it up as quickly as what it did with the big tides. So we're even more of a delayed response and a delayed recovery simply because large amounts of fresh water and we don't have the big tide movement right now that's right to 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 move it in and out and and we're seeing that even like in in being able to get bait because they you know we haven't gotten the tides to flush the harbor out so that the salinity in there she told me the other day was 0.6 parts per thousand and they need six parts per thousand or more to keep shrimp alive so you know until we get some tides to uh Flush that. So you could catch you could catch some walleye and pike right now in That's the harbor, right, and right. so do they bring in salt water? I mean, There's do they have the do. option to pump to, to pump in from anywhere else, or no, they're, they're stuck right there with what they have available? That's right. So even if they truck shrimp in, they don't have water to keep them alive. Even if they can go out and catch, you know, a gob of shrimp right now out, mm-hmm. out of the Gulf, out of the, off the beach right now, and but he can't keep them alive. To get them back to the to the bait camp. It's gotcha. Like, you know the river's fresh all the way between, and they're they're all dead before they get back to. The and bait that's camp. just natural process. That's not that's not a failure. Right. I mean, our but guys, that, those guys a, work hard. I mean, the they work of, hard. Of the weak tides we're having, it it, it they're not making it. It's the the good salt water is not getting pushed all the way. That's kind of the very end of the line in Matagorda is, is uh, you know getting all the way north of the intercoastal there. Mm-hmm. So. The tides are just too weak to get that 
taken care of and so we're still just kind of struggling on, on that situation. Well, this first season of Texas Podcast and Blast would not have been possible without a number of guys that have helped me out tremendously. Top of that list has to be our sponsor this season, Wiker Realtors out of BCS. They're there in Bryan College Station. They service not only that Bryan College Station market, but they also service Rockport, Texas. And Warren Green and his team can take care of every need you have. They will work with you from the very beginning, and they will find you the property that you're looking for. And on the other end, they can sell your property. And I promise you, you will not dis- be disappointed. Warren took care of a property of mine that uh, we had before we moved back down to the coast. And, man, I'll tell you, he went above and beyond anything uh, that we could have ever imagined. We had to get some neighbors in the community uh, to sign off on a couple things that we didn't even know were part of the, the detail, and we thought the we thought the deal was over, but Warren came up with the most creative idea just to go out and talk to those folks, and lo and behold, about two weeks later, we had a closing and got a, a great sale price, and he took care of everything and just went above and beyond all expectations. So not only is he a good friend, but, man, he's a heck of a realtor. So give Wyker Realtors BCS a call if you're – looking to buy or sell in Rockport, Texas, or buy and sell in Bryan College Station. I've also mentioned Cole Deggs, who did our music for us, and Cole's just a, he's a Gulf Coast guy that, man, he was in Nashville a long time, and he came back, and he now lives one county over from us down here on the coast, and he is just a very talented musician. Look him up if you're looking to a private party. I've also just been blessed to have a lot of friends who have come on, the different captains from Glenn Ging and Bink Grimes and Chris Caldwell, I've had my buddy Bridger Thompson, uh, who's coming back from Mozambique. We'd like to have him on. Uh, Dr. Todd Sink from Texas A&M and Brian Ray. We've had Dr. Aaron Sumrall, our local county extension agent. And I'll just tell you right now, season two is really lining up to be something exciting. And so if you're looking to get out there and get your name and your brand and your company out there, do like Wyker Realtors BCS did this year and on this first season, and man, give me a call. Shoot me an email at texaspodcastandblast at gmail.com. We're having already about 2,500 listens this season, and they keep adding up. And so if you want your company uh, mentioned in a very professional way, man, let me know about it. I'd love for you to get involved with Texas Podcast and Blast. But once again, just let me say thanks for this season one and be looking forward to End of August, beginning of September, we do have season two already lined up, and it will involve a number of things from our uh, migratory dove and waterfowl that we'll get on there in September as long as well as the fall fishing and deer season and everything else. So we're going to get back to that final episode here uh, with Captain Bink Grimes and Captain Glenn Ging. But thanks for listening. and Give that, that sponsor a call if you're looking for property in Rockport, or Bryan College Station. That's Wyckert Realtors, BCS. Give Warren Green and his team a call. They'll take care of you. Once again, thanks for listening, and let's get back to what we were talking about on the podcast.
So for the folks that are, they realize that summer is quickly drying up. Uh, if you've got kids in school, I know we've got one trip left, and then we got a week, and boom, two a day start. You know, beginning of August, teachers are getting back on campus, kids are getting back into their, you know, the, the athletics and the bands and everything. So for people that are going to try to squeeze in one more, maybe two more trips to their bay house, or try to get a trip booked. What are people looking at for these next couple of weeks? No, like I said, we know what we're waiting for, but I definitely don't think it's it's to the point where we say, "Hey, stay home and don't go." We want no. people to be out on the water. I mean, it's a beautiful time to be out there. Absolutely, no, there's fish to be caught. I think you just got to be a little more patient, and uh, you know, you just gotta just gotta get out there and work at it. It changes every day. I, I, I hate to even say that that fishing is slow because the next day it's not, you know, I mean, it's, you're, you're, we're coming up on the, on a full moon tides are, I mean, tides are going to get better. And I mean, it's just, it's a changing game every single day. So it makes it fun. It, it, it does. I mean, if, if, I mean, if it was a, a gimme every day, there wouldn't, why That's would, right. yeah, why, I mean, you wouldn't need us. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 if fishing wasn't slow one day, it wasn't good one day. I mean, it's job security for guys like us, you know. And and not saying we're our job is to put you in the best position to catch them. Can't always do it. Uh, doesn't always happen. But you got a better shot doing it. You know, we uh, we, we I'm a kind of a numbers guy. You stack the odds in 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 your favor and uh, and pray that it happens. But I. It just, it changed. I mean, things just change. It's all weather dependent. It's moon dependent. It's tide dependent. And, uh, and then sometimes you get surprised. Some days you think it's going to be one of those days where, man, we just got, it, it's, it's going to be a struggle. And you go out there and you just, you pop them. It's on. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's the, that's the mystery of it. That's the mystery of waterfowl. That's the mystery of fish, migratory, uh, waterfowl, uh, doves, ducks, trout. And, and and you don't want to be the guy that just hears the stories because you didn't go. That's right. Well, uh, and and there's and there's some new opportunities that have kind of popped up too. We've we've started. I've started seeing. Um, you know, we're we're catching some Gulf trout, some sand, big sand trout are starting to show up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some we've caught some. You know, big croaker and big. I mean, we have we've had some real mixed bags lately where we hadn't seen a lot of that. Um, you know, prior. So there's there's even though. You know, if, even if even if the trout are a little slow, I mean, there's still a lot of other fish to catch. You can still go and have a good time, get your kids out, and uh, and spend some time together. Well, and I know y'all don't run per se these kind of trips, but Glenn, you did tell me you, you you took a little loop out there. But I've seen our offshore boys get a little busier, and in the bigger boats, they don't have to worry about the bumpiness like the small ones do. Yeah. But I mean, I'm seeing some really good catches coming in from from the offshore guys. Yeah, there's been I've seen some. Uh, seems like I'm seeing more ling mm-hmm. at the cleaning table. It seems like I've seen a bunch of uh, uh, seen some Rondo, Rondo, seen some know? Wahoo runs, and uh, I mean, there's, and it the, looks like they're doing pretty good. There's tons of snapper. Well, on the days they get out, they're catching. Tons sure, of and, and the guys that can go that far, the tilefish. Yeah. I mean, that big old eyes popping out of the head, and I mean, those pictures are always the offshore fun. game changes July the fifteenth every year because they open up the Gulf shrimp season yeah. and. And those shrimp boats are out there uh, dragging, and then they cull. And you get right behind them. You get and, right behind them. And, and so uh, you got a decent weed line out there right now for Dorado. Uh, 
or dolphin, whatever you want to call it, and um, and the kings the same way, and uh, it, you know it's just uh, it, it, and and the snappers are pretty much gimmies. Uh, so uh, you know it's uh, we kind of like it. We kind of like it when uh, when it's going good out there on the big pond because it's it takes pressure off the off the base for <laughs> us. And anytime you can have. Uh, Less outboard motors burning shorelines, it's always a good thing in East and West Matagorda Bay. Well, and, and, and let me also remind folks, well, the big pond's a blast, and blue water's just one of those games. The guys that are, man, the guys that are, are, are into that, they love it, they do it well. There's those of us that like to play with it every now and then, but make sure you know what your rig is capable of. Um, <clears throat> it seems like every year we hear too many stories of somebody who, I mean, that 23, even those 25 boats like what these guys run, it gets pretty small out there if those waves start bumping around. So keep your eye on the radar. Make sure you're paying attention to what's going on and just be safe. I mean, there's nothing worse down here in a, in a coastal community when we hear the call-outs and there's nothing we can do. I mean, and, and we hear about it just because we're down here and uh, there's a lot of good anglers out there. Uh, we know a lot of guys that run recreational and charter boats. I think two of the best – Charter rigs, four offshore, heading out of Matagorda with what Michael Quebec is doing with his new boat and what the Hellstorm, they're out of Storm Shack does. Both of those are excellent rigs with, with excellent work taking place on them. But, you know, it is a fun time of year, and it looks like that. So what else for – is there anything else before we close out this podcast season? And I mean, you're not going to hear from us again until September. We're going to get ready for duck season and enjoy getting uh, – because if, if the surf is flat, we're going to be out there. Uh, if you're looking for us, we're just going to see a do not disturb sign hanging on the door. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of technique, I know we, you, you mentioned that the bait's harder to get. Well, this is yeah. typically a time of year where throwing live shrimp under a popping cork would be most guides' choice just because it, mm-hmm. it helps people catch fish. What are you turning to whenever the, the, the live shrimp aren't available? I mean, the Little Johns, the down south, what techniques are you throwing? I've been throwing a lot of, a lot of gulps and soft plastics under corks. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's kind of what I've been doing the last few days because we haven't, we haven't had a lot of bait. We had a lot of days I haven't been able to get bait. So, but honestly, there's a lot of times when we're fishing, um, and, and there's a lot of times, I don't fish a whole lot with my customers. I mean, it's about them and it's their Sure, trip. sure. But, you know, if I have people that, I'm, that I've fished a bunch and I'm comfortable with or have a small, have two people on the boat or something, I'll make fish along with them some. And um, and what I've noticed, I've been, I you know, a lot of times they're throwing shrimp and I'll, and I'll just put on a soft plastic under cork and throw that. Well, and I've heard your take on that. They pay for the shrimp, so they let them the throw shrimp. the shrimp. That's I right. mean, that's right. So, but I've noticed the last couple of weeks, I mean, I've, I've had days I was catching them better than they were throwing plastics under, under corks, you know, versus them throwing shrimp. So, I mean, when on, I don't sweat it too bad on the days that we can't get bait. I mean, we just go and do that. It's just not, you know, we still catch them. It's just not that big of a deal. And so let's just ask the elementary color or the, the elementary question about what colors are you throwing this time of year? So as far as for that, I mean, I throw like on gulps, I throw a lot of the, the, you know, pearl or glow with chartreuse tail. That's mm-hmm. kind of kind of the standard for me. Um, and then, uh, you know, we we I kind of messed around a little bit with some with some other stuff here and there. But we on the on the um, oh on the little Johns. You know, I use the the chicken on chain a bunch. And mm-hmm. 
And uh, they got one that's kind of got the gold, I don't remember what they call it, but it's clear with gold flake. Mm-hmm. Um, I use that a bunch. You thought it's on an eighth ounce jig Six, head? When I fish them under corks, I put them on little 16th ounce heads. And, uh, just let them more, little, float around and dance around a little yeah, bit just, better? Yeah, just 16th is enough to sink it. And that's, you know, that's really all I'm looking for. I feel like you might get a little more action out of it. Mm-hmm. What about you, Bink? What are you, what are you seeing on your boat? The colors, if you're... When the shrimp aren't available, you're handing guys stuff. Throw this, man. This is this is our best option. Yeah, there, there's a there's a bourbon color. With a, it's like a uh, looks just like a a, a brown, brown shrimp. shrimp. Mm-hmm. It's called bourbon. Uh, it's a little John. I found it in in Lake Charles one day and didn't even know that that Mirror Lure. I'm on their pro staff. Didn't even know they made this color. And <laughs> leave it to the Cajuns, you know. And but they in in the pretty cool name bourbon. Uh, it was perfect color, but man. Uh, that little John looks like a shrimp in the water. It doesn't look like much out of the package, but my Lord, put it on a jig head and watch what it does in the water. Uh, and it's got a little, uh, it's got a little stink to it too. And, and that helps mm-hmm. uh, when, it, when the bite's kind of stale. Uh, I, I like doing that. I like throwing a, a, a DOA shrimp under a cork. We did that uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. And, uh, you know, I, Per se, me fishing, I don't like throwing a cork. I I, I like throwing jigs, you know, eighth ounce uh, jigs on the bottom. I really like throwing topwaters, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's a little tougher to throw topwaters out of a boat. And like Glenn said, we, we don't get to fish a whole lot. I mean, I, I'm if, if I'm trying to take care of my customers, man, I don't get to fish a whole lot. Uh, you know, it, I've got a lot of longtime customers that I don't have to, you know, quote, babysit, uh, you know, and, and put on baits and take off baits and, and take off fish and all that. And they, they actually want me to fish with them. So I mm-hmm. do that. But most of the time I, you don't, if, if you're going to take care of people and, and, you know, uh, run around and, 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 and untangle things and, and, and kind of mm-hmm. try to teach them. Cause I mean, the, the whole part of the whole deal and catching fish, uh, man, you got to make a long cast, be able to make a long cast. If you're, mm-hmm. if I can get you to make a, a, another cast that's, that's 10, a 10 yards farther cast than, than what you normally do. If you multiply that, that 10 yards by say 50 casts, you know, do the math on it. That's five football fields. fields you're fishing. And if you can get them, if you can do that, you know, you're increasing your odds, uh, of catching fish. And, um, so, so that, that's, I mean, we're, you know, we've got knowledge, uh, from over 25 years on the boat, but man, we're, we're in the business of customer service. People are, they, they're, they're wanting to learn. We're trying to teach, you know, both of us have a education background. I mean, that's, I was a coach. He was a principal. He was a teacher. We, that's what we came from. And, and, and we, uh, you know, we want to see people do well. And, and, and we just, we think we're teachers on that boat. And I think that's why we have uh, the success that we have, you know, well, Go ahead, man. I was gonna say that's a huge part of it, is being able to, you know, I, I start lots and lots of trips out teaching three or four people how to cast a rod and reel, and the better job I do at teaching them how to cast a rod and reel, pop a cork, set the hook, the better job I do at teaching, then the more successful we are, and so it's a big part of it. You know, it's an important part of it, and and uh, and like I said, the 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 farther that I can get you to cast, the more successful, more fish we're going to catch. And there's a lot of times that I, I'll outfish, if I am, when I'm fishing, I'll outfish folks on the boat because 
I can throw another 10 yards farther than them, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I'll pop the core harder than them and all those kind of things, you know, and, and so, but yeah, I think it's an important thing. The, the teaching aspect of it's huge. Yeah. And you know, what I heard consistent from both of y'all is the shrimp is a major factor this time of year, what the fish are chasing. When you're picking your colors, think of shrimp, pick something that shrimp family color um, that's what the fish are looking for. So we'd rather put out something that they're looking for rather than this color that they got to make a decision of what is that and do I do I want any of that? Yeah. And so, well, you know, the good thing about fishing, especially here in Matagorda, is there is options. Uh, we've said that over and over on this podcast, that it doesn't matter if the wind or the fresh water is the challenge. You can find somewhere to fish. Um, this time of year, as you've heard the guys say, be patient, do your homework, you know, work an area and work that area. Don't give up on it. You know, if you make one drift and you like what you saw, set it up again. Um, we 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 got to say this on every episode just because it's not getting any better. But pay attention to your etiquette while you're on the water. There's, you know, when, when fishing's difficult, when you see a few boats in an area, you think, oh, wow, that's it. You do not own that water and have the right to blow in and screw up another guy's drift. I mean, it just happens way too much. And there's different numbers that people throw out. We're always going to probably throw out bigger numbers just because we know it, it matters to give people space. Uh, there's no, it, is a, it is a resource, and please don't be the guy. Uh, like Glenn mentioned earlier on a, on a drift, one dude came in, Stopped right on top of the fish, didn't catch any, screwed it up for everybody else, and bugged out. Mm-hmm. And so, please pay attention to where you're at running that boat. Um, <clears throat> when fishing's difficult, I think it gets worse because we see a, a group of boats on an area. Um, respect these, respect guides and recreational fishermen. Everybody did the work to get out there. I promise you, the guides that I know do not think that they're better than anybody else. They don't believe they own a hole. Um, if you know they, they're going to respect a recreational boat. I've seen more guides help out a recreational fisherman than most people even know about. Mm-hmm. It's just you know the water's a shared resource, and we keep saying that. I know a lot of y'all have have sent me messages. Thank you so much for talking about just the etiquette on the boat. You know, respecting other boaters, and anything you can do to leave more than you take conservation is everybody's responsibility and i mean we keep saying that it's not that we don't want people to enjoy a you know a, a, a fish fry or, or grilled redfish on the half shell you just don't need to take all of them and some people are doing that very very well and unfortunately we're seeing some that they're just throwing their nose at it and think that that resource is just going to keep pumping out and god's creation only we're responsible to manage that thing and uh, any any other com- I mean, y'all both have harped on that. I know it's a it's a major major concern, and y'all just want people to do the right thing. Uh, yeah. But etiquette and conservation is there any taglines that y'all would remind folks of? Yeah, you know, I don't mind when folks fish around me. I mean, I don't get I don't get bent out of shape and stuff. We're all sharing the same water. I just I just you know wish that folks would kind of treat one another how they'd want to be treated and. I think you know, Jesus. I think Jesus I, says something about that. I, I, I mean, you said that. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, so come come around. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna drift the same piece of shell that I'm drifting, it's fine. But come around behind. You know, start. 
way upwind and make your drift and don't yep. and if you if you come in on it and you're going to make a drift commit to it and finish it yep don't don't come halfway down the drift and say oh you know what i'm going to leave and crank up and blow out of there you know mm -hmm. go ahead start a drift finish a drift you can drift drift behind me drift beside me don't pull you know don't pull up in front that kind sure. of thing if you if don't mess up the targeted water of another we angler. Can, we can all fish that same piece of structure, and we can all catch fish, and we can all get along. It's just not that difficult, but just just kind of be thoughtful about it. I, I would I would add on to that, Glenn, what you're pointing out. There is rarely a need for you to pull in front of another boat that is drifting and start your drift. If you pull up to an area and you see 10 boats are drifting, and you it, it it's an obvious line. I mean, you'll see all these boats drifting don't don't pull in the middle go up wind. Yeah. start wet you know get on the far upwind side of them and, and set your drift so up. what that means is slow down and see even what everybody else is doing before even, you think that you're gonna even if you don't know that piece of structure even if you've never fished it before, you can learn you it just watching other there. people just kind of pay attention to what all those other boats are doing and and other thing if you're running down the bay and there's you know 10 or 15 boats all all stretched out across a little area don't you know circle either way downwind or way upwind don't <laughs> go just right through the middle and i've seen that this weekend a whole bunch mm. um you know and, and of course we had you know we had the oilman's tournament there was tons of people down and all that but you you know we had a seemed like a whole lot of that going on this weekend with people just running smooth through the middle of everybody mm. so just kind of pay a little bit of attention and think about it and you know, you see that big bunch of folks fishing. Just you know, it's not that hard to circle upwind or downwind. No, and and there's always there's always that option, especially yeah. out in the middle of those bays. Yeah, and we all everybody makes a mistake. Everybody's sure. going to cut somebody off sooner or later. It happens, you know. And and sometimes you'll look and you're not sure is that guy is he drifting with or is he anchored up up right. I mean, sometimes right. it's hard to tell exactly what somebody's doing but you know you just got to try to do the best you can and just try to make the effort and a lot of people are just they just don't make any effort they're just they're well, going where they're going and they're not worried about anybody else and just you know you can get in we can there's a lot of that stuff that that we can fish a lot of boats on and sure. everybody can get along and everybody can be successful everybody can catch fish sure you just have to you know kind of treat each other a little bit better I agree. I can I can I can see the the the, the rattles in Bink's brain. He's like, "What angle do I want to get in so I can get out of this thing?" <laughs> I, I just after the freeze, after all that went down this February, man. I just I just ask that people would just man take a deep breath and and figure out why you're out here doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, if you're fishing, if you think that it's money well spent, you've got to get your money's worth to take every fish that you catch. You know, the economics just don't hold up. If, you, if you're want, if you're wanting, if you think you're not getting your money's worth, if you don't take home a pile of fish, you know, it the intrinsic value is is, is way more to me than than uh, you know than the extrinsic. And, and I mean. If that's the case, man, just go to HEB Bay or, or Kroger Bay or <laughs> or Buddy Seafood and, uh, you know. Get all you want. Get all you want. It's a whole lot cheaper than coming out fishing. But, you know, there's just a big – some are on board and some aren't. I just don't – I don't understand, uh, 
just how, you know, there were so many people that, that we're going to take care of the resource. We're going to, and I'm talking about professionals. This is who I'm talking about professionals. Cause we, you know, we're carrying the torch and man, I am so disappointed in some of my colleagues, the way, you know, that we have a chance to make a change for the better. Fishing will be so much better if we all do it right. And, and, and I don't know if it's just the young mentality uh, and don't understand that. But, man, I'm telling you, I have had no pushback whatsoever other than one group uh, that wasn't going to do it the right thing for the resource. And most of them, I don't even have to give the spill anymore about what we're trying to do out here. They already know. They want what's best for the resource. They, and, and I just pray that everybody gets on board. They, we don't understand what kind of change, you know, if we would just put back more than we take. And we're not saying don't keep fish, not saying that just don't keep as many fish. Well, and, and, and let's, let's get out of the world that thinks that a social media pick just because you got a pile of fish on a, on a cleaning table sets you apart. As some, I mean, and we've talked about we've been guilty in the past. Oh, man, I'm guilty. We, 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 we've, we've learned that's not what we're going for. And, you know, you want to talk about price per pound, look at the average deer hunter. Um, I'm not going to ask him to share any numbers, but at this table, only one guy here pays for a deer lease. And I promise you, Glenn Ging could go and get ground meat at HEB cheaper yeah. than anything you grind off one of those. Because it's not about what it's not about filling the cooler. It's about the time you spent with friends and family. It's about the getaway, the enjoying the campfire, and all the the conversation of just a, a calmer. If we could just get our saltwater bay fishing back to that mentality, man, I'm going to go, not to slaughter. And anything I catch along the way, yes, that's part of it. But the conversation, the laughter, the the you know, the the getting yeah. after each other, and every now and then, man, you may have just one of the most serious life changing conversations out on the water that you've ever had because it gets you away from the distractions. Catch and release works. Bass masters the. B-A-S-F. They built their model on it. I mean, it's, it's built on it. And let me just tell you, those boat manufacturers, we may think that we're that they're selling to us. They're not selling to us. They're selling to the freshwater crowd. Because, I mean, it's the Mercury, Yamaha, Honda, Suzuki. They sell a whole lot more to freshwater guys than they do to the saltwater guys. And those freshwater guys get it. Bass fishing is at an all-time high. They are catching bigger stringers oh, than lunkers, they ever man. have. Lunkers. And, and they take care of their resource. We have got to take care of our resource. If we will commit to it, you it will it will be like it was in the good old days again. I'm 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 just I really believe that. And we just gotta change our attitudes. And well, it's the old village mentality. It takes a village. It takes a village to make any positive change in this community. It takes a community to, to be committed to that. And we're I one I'm thankful because I, I do see a number of people sure. changing their methods. Yeah, I do too. I do and too. The I'm not saying all the negative. conversations no. are changing. The pictures are changing. Yes. Yes. But yes. there's still some that they just don't they don't they don't they don't get it and so 
Well, man, this wraps up season one of the Texas Podcast and Blast. Once again, I, I just want to say thanks to not only uh, Bink and Glenn and Chris Caldwell and f- friends of mine in the industry that have jumped on board and helped this be successful. I want to appreciate Cole Deggs. I mean, <laughs> any dude who will slap together some custom music in his living room and shoot it to me at 10 o'clock at night, uh, we do hope to have him on in season two. Uh, we've used him for some private parties. Uh, man, the guy's worth looking into. He is an excellent musician and a great entertainer uh, to, to look into. And Wyckert Realtors BCS, if you're looking for property in College Station for your college student or a family home or an investment, or if you're looking in Rockport, give Warren Green and his team a call. But once again, thanks uh, for tuning in. I hope that you do get out there. Uh, we do dream of some green surf in August, and hopefully when we get back together in September, we're going to tell some stories of just how those topwaters are flying out of the water in August like we hope and do. So thanks again for uh, checking this out. Uh, look for us in Season 2, and we'll be telling you more about it. Thanks, and God bless. Well, that's a wrap, man. Season one of Texas Podcasting Blast is all good and done. Hey, if you know some of those outdoor professionals up and down the coast and they'd like to be on this podcast, we'd love to branch out from just the Matagorda area. So, man, shoot me an email at texaspodcastingblast at gmail.com and we'd love to reach out into different waters. I already got some buddies I'm talking to, but, man, we'd love to have every reporter in Texas included on this thing. So, Once again, for taking the time just to listen and hang out. I hope you've benefited, learned something, got some ideas you can try. Once again, if you're looking for a guide or an outfitter, man, feel free to shoot me an email. I'd love to get you in touch with anybody who's been on this podcast. They do it just as good, if not better, than anybody. And duck season's right around the corner. Man, let us help you out. We'd love to get you out of that marsh. But once again, let's get on those outdoors. Respect one another. Respect God's beautiful creation. Look up our title sponsor, Walker Realtors BCS and enjoy your time in the great outdoors. God bless, and thanks again for listening. Season one's a wrap. See you soon.